0: Welcome to the Lovingly Conscious podcast, a podcast in which we discuss what it means to live a conscious life with love as a central point. I believe that if we all live life consciously, make conscious decisions and take responsibility for our own lives, that the world would be a much better place with love at the forefront. That is why I created this podcast, so we can discover what it means to live that mindful and conscious life together. My name is Megan Josephine and I'm your host today. Let this epic episode begin. Hey there, welcome to a new episode of the Lovingly Conscious Podcast. I'm Megan and I am once again your host today. And I'm really happy to see you again. Thank you so much for listening to a new episode. Today I have a really good episode in store for you. I am going to talk about four quizzes, four archetype quizzes that you can do that can make you navigate through life a bit more efficiently, a bit more easily. These are four tests, archetype things that I have done uh, for myself that I find very, very helpful because as a four on the Enneagram, which I'll talk about in a sec, I'm always trying to define life. I'm also always trying to define myself. So being able to do that with different archetype quizzes is very, very helpful. What I also like is that all those archetype quizzes, like not one of them has all the answers. And so, I mean, we always find, like, try to find the right thing, like the right religion, the right thing for us to do. But sometimes with these quizzes, there's not one right thing there are multiple of them that can highlight different aspects of you. They are all like a puzzle piece and then you can click them together and just take another step into the next puzzle piece. So I find that really exciting. I am going to talk about the 16 personalities test, the Enneagram, which I also talked about with uh, Indra, and I'm going to talk about human design and the five love languages. So let's start with the 16 personalities test. The 16 personalities test it basically says it already in the title, is a test in which you answer certain questions, you rate a sentence from true or very very true to completely untrue. So it says, for example, it says, I am always very enthusiastic about things. Then you say, it's true, very true, um, neutral, very untrue or untrue. And um, based on answering all those things, eventually this archetype comes out of it. And then it tells you um, very much detailed about the type of person that you might be. So within the 16 personalities types, there are four categories which are the analysts, the diplomats, the sentinels, and the explorers. So I uh, belong to one of the diplomats, which um, the subcategory that I have is the mediator. So the analysts would have the architect, the logician, the commander, and the debater. The diplomats have the advocate, the mediator, the protagonist, and the campaigner. The sentinels have the logistician, defender, executive and the console so these people are very much focused on order security and stability and then we have the explorers which are the virtuoso the adventurer the entrepreneur and the entertainer which ross is definitely one of those Um, so i am the mediator and what the 16 personality test completely works out for you is an introduction to the type so for me, that would be like I have vibrant, passionate inner lives, creative, imaginative, very, very highly sensitive, empathic. Uh, so we really have the gift of empathy, speaking our truth. Yeah, I cannot be unauthentic. It's just not in me. I can't. I cannot do that. I'm. I'm always in search for a calling. That's very true. Then it says the strengths and weaknesses. So it would say which what our strengths are and what our weaknesses are. Um, It would say how we work in romantic relationships, friendships, how we are as parents, career paths that would really work for us, workplace habits and a conclusion. And what I love about this is that if you're stuck in a certain area in your life and you feel like, oh, how can I deal with this? Then, for example, if you're having issues in the workplace, so you're having issues with a colleague, you could go and check out the workplace habits and then um, basically see how do you feel in this situation and then read and then maybe decide oh okay so yeah that's how i could go and tackle a certain thing that i'm like basically walking against into all the time that's really constantly putting me up to the test so i really like this because i feel like (laughs) It's extremely accurate, and I have heard so many people say this, but also because there are 16 personalities, that's just not very hard. Because it's so detailed, and there are 16 personalities, so it just gives you a broad choice. So it's very, very specific, and that's why so many people find it so extremely accurate. It's kind of scary, actually. The first time you read it, it's like, what? that's me (laughs) it's like yes and what of course is great about these archetype tests um, is that you can also see if you can discover what one of the people around you might be for example your partner or some colleagues or friends and then you can learn how to communicate with them a bit more easily if you're having issues communicating with one another it's really great to notice Oh, okay so you are for example the logician, ah, that's like completely the opposite of how I am or the exe- the executive or whatever. And then you can maybe learn to communicate with one another. So things just can't kind of become a bit more easy in certain aspects of life. So that was the 16 personalities. I'm now going to jump onto the Enneagram. With the Enneagram, you also... A test so it's actually the same as the 16 personalities test. You answer a few questions with true, untrue, very true, neutral, etc. etc. Um, quite a few of those tests repeat the same sentences in a different way to double check if this is actually who you are and this is who, how you react. And then you will get a type. So there are nine types because an enneagram is a nine pointed um, like circle with points in it. Um, That's how Indra described it anyway. And the types are the reformer, which is the rational, idealistic type, principled, purposeful, self-controlled and perfectionistic. The helper, that's number two, is the caring, interpersonal type, demonstrative, generous, people pleasing and possessive. The three is the achiever, the success oriented, pragmatic type, adaptive, excelling, driven and image conscious. Four is the individualist, sensitive, withdrawn type, expressive, dramatic, self-absorbed. <laughs> oh God, and temperamental. Mm. That's me. Um, the f- five is the investigator, uh, intense, cerebral type, perceptive, innovative, s- uh, secretive, and isolated. The th- six is the loyalist, committed, security-oriented or- type, engaging, responsible, anxious, and suspicious. The enthusiast is the busy, fun-loving type, spontaneous, versatile, distractible, and scattered. That's Ross. The eight is the challenger, the powerful, dominating type. Oh, that's his wing. Yes, that's so true. Self-confident, decisive, willful, and confrontational. And then the nine is the peacemaker, the easygoing, self-effacing type, receptive, reassuring, agreeable, and complacent. So um, you would do a test and then one of these would come out. So I'm just going to do this based on um, the test that I've done. I have um, a tip with the Enneagram test is to do multiple tests from different websites because sometimes it can give you the wrong information. So please do multiple tests. I have always had the individualist, so that's number four, as the outcome. Um, that's the sensitive, withdrawn type, expressive, dramatic, self-absorbed and temperamental. That really makes Look very, very bad. <laughs> anyway, um, it's based on a basic fear and a basic desire. So for a, a number four, my basic fear would be uh, that they have no identity or personal significance. That, that feels very much like me, me. I need to be authentic and I need people to see me in my authenticity and to understand that that's how I am and to appreciate me for this. And I want people to actually see me. So very often, Number fours are artists, uh, Johnny Depp, for example, Kate Winslet, Winona Ryder, Angelina Jolie, etc., um, etc. Et and our basic des- desire is to find themselves and their significance to create an identity. And that's very true. I've always been looking for the meaning of life, the meaning of what I want in life. Who am I? Um, I mean, I did not study life visions, life like philosophy for no reason you know for nothing so about the enneagram i've put two things in the description one is a test and one is the actual official description of the enneagram types from the enneagram institute so that's the official thing so for the test go and check out the first one that's linked in this in the description in the show notes and for the description of your number go for the second one Um, Because there's a huge, big explanation about every single type. Then everybody has a wing. Uh, A wing would be a character that you could also go towards. So you're never completely only the one. You can be one of three. So I'm a four. And then the wing would be either a three or a five. Because they are next to the number four. So your wing is always positions next to your number so I'm a four so my wing would be a three or a five my wing is a three so what is the type three the three is the achiever that's the sex not sex success oriented pragmatic type adaptive excelling driven and image conscious and that makes sense I've I mean, I'm a floor manager. I enjoy being worthwhile to feel valuable. That's their basic desire. I enjoy. know I do not want to be worthless. I want to always do something and make a difference. And they are self-assured, attractive, and charming. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, ambitious, competent, and energetic. And they can also be status-conscious and highly driven for advancement. They are diplomatic and poised. They can also be overly concerned with their image and what other things, other people think of them. So. I very much lean into that one because the five is very different. The five is the investigator and that's a very perceptive type. I am only usually very perceptive when I'm in an environment with people that I don't know and then I have to let learn you know, who they are and not to be too vulnerable around them. Very often they are musicians. This feels too introverted for my taste to... Yeah, it's just not how I am. I'm not that analytic. I am definitely more expressive so that's why I think the three is a bit more going towards me because very often the three is also the entrepreneur which I'm obviously trying to become or I am an entrepreneur just still trying to make my way in that that would be my wing uh, the number three so you always have a wing and um, the other wing is just less prominent I guess So Ross, for example, is the seven with a wing eight. So he's an enthusiast with the wing eight and the wing eight's dominant, also very realistic, the realist. And um, yeah, that's definitely him. And it's funny, I actually had two of my friends take the test and they both came out to the peacemaker with a wing one, which I found very interesting. So Peacemaker is number nine, uh, the easygoing, self-effacing type, which is very true for both of them. And the one is uh, the rational, idealistic type, principle, purpose, for self controlled and perfectionistic. And they both are this, but it's such a different, different expression. So I really enjoyed looking at that. So it's also if you want to give your friendships or relationship a deeper level of understanding and being there for one another, Understanding the other person's enneagram type can be very, very helpful in that situation. Okay, then I am going over to Human Design. Human Design is not a test; it's actually a thing that you, in which you fill in your complete name, year, uh, date of birth, so your year, month, day, and hour and minute. That has to do with the placement of the sun, etc., and then it will tell you all sorts of things. I am not extremely knowledgeable about human design. What I do know is that there are five types, and then you have all sorts of extra things that have to do with your type. So you have the ways you express yourself, where your emotions come from, communications, idea, inspiration, love and direction, instincts, desires and pressures. And then you also have, of course, your basic human design. So it's it's really quite complicated, I've not dived into it deep enough. But I have dived into it deep enough for me to understand why I work the way I work. It was very helpful for me that way. So there are five types of human design. I'll start with mine because the generator type is the person who is the most common in the world. And when I heard that as an Enneagram number four, I was like, fuck, I don't want to be common. I've got to be cool and unique. But um, what I love about this is that I really can tap into my wing three with this one. The generator type is the way that you're designed is to interact and to exchange energy with the world around you, whether that would be people, your purpose or the things that life puts on your path. When you're using your energy correctly, there is more flow and life unfolds with ease. Synchronicities are everywhere. Whereas when we're not, that's when life throws us roadblocks and like tiredness, lack of opportunities and generally feeling uninspired. And that really, really helped me. So I have noticed. So if you have a sacral reaction, which is always the case with a generator, it means that if there's something you want to do, you feel inspired. You felt energized. You feel like you can go and do something. And I have had a lack of feeling that so often in my life. And then I still had to do things because that's the rational choice i made. And something has changed. Something has changed within me. Um, something has changed within my way of making decisions now because I know that if there's something that I do not want to do, I can feel a literal physical repulsion, a resistance of having to, wanting to do something. So, for example, if I'd had to choose between two jobs and one of them really energizes me and inspires me and the other one would really like give this physical resistance. Or maybe that's also, you know, if I have the choice between laying on the sofa for the evening or going to a friend and I feel like this resistance towards going to a friend, then I know, okay that's something I shouldn't do. So... This, is, this has really helped me within my way of making decisions in life. So that's what I love about human design. So that's the generator. Very usually it's a physical response to how you um, make decisions. Then you have the manifestors. Manifestors are only 9% of the world population, so that's really cool. And their actions will make sure that transformation is started. So manifesters have a unique way of initiating change. They are free independent and they are very positive they have a very positive effect on the world and because they are so free like if people have manifesting children man- like children as manifestors they can find them very unpredictable and that's what can be like hard around manifesting. So if you are a manifester quite a big cho- chance that you are a very free spirit. Then there is the manifesting generator, which is kind of a combination between manifester and a generator. So you could be that free soul, but also wanting to be like the worker bee, like the generator. Then the projector. The projectors are not here to actually contribute with their energy like the manifestors and the generators are, but they are here to show their insights in life. They are the philosophers. They are the ones that can teach other people they are great managers and coaches because they are focused on the other from like a natural perspective and they can see what happens within the, in the other person but because they are not built to manifest or generate they are dependent on other people so only the relationship to the only in the relationship to the other person the projector can be like the um, coaching uh, steering wheel of the organization so they need to be in a surrounding of other people and they need to wait for the invitation as where for generators and manifesting generators people need to focus on a response so if something happens to you you need to feel how it feels for you and then take action and for manifestors you need to inform before you take action and actually for projectors you need to wait for the invitation to do something and then you can do something Uh, so projectors are 21 percent of the people on planet earth And then we have reflectors. And reflectors are 1% of the people in the earth. So they, on the earth, they very often feel lonely because they are left out of the human design sort of description very often because it's only 1% of the people and that's not right. They are completely open. Their design is is, is like not coloured in in any centre of their life. So that's a very unique position to be in. So everybody has like a longing in life, certain ambitions, um, certain things that you want to do. And that's not actually in principle the case with reflectors. When they live who they are, they are just literally a completely blank paper. Because of that openness, reflectors are able to accept things and listen to things in a completely open state and they don't have any definition of themselves. So they are very open in that way. So they what they can do is they can really mirror people's behavior. Because they just show people what they are because they themselves are not as defined, which is a very interesting Position to be in, I can I can't imagine what that must be like. And apparently the moon has a huge effect on them. So the strategy for um, reflectors is wait with making big decisions for them. There's a new moon because apparently in the new moon they can completely clearly think for themselves. So reflectors, yeah, that's um not a very big percentage of the population. But if you are a reflector, please let me know. That's really cool. Then that was the human design part. So I really enjoy the human design part as a way so I know how to respond to certain things happening in my life. So I now know that if something doesn't feel good on the inside, so that gut feeling, if I get a very bad response to something that I don't have to do it, that's actually a choice. Yes, again, that's a choice. Then the last thing that I want to talk about is the five lang- or are the five love languages. So this is a great quiz for if you are in a partner relationship or if you're going into a relationship or if you want to discover, if you notice that your way of showing affection towards a friend is not really their way of showing it and receiving it, then this is definitely something that you can uh, use. So the five love languages. There apparently are five love languages. What I also really love about all these archetype quizzes and things is that someone actually came up with this. And I'm like, wow, how can you come up with all those detailed personality types? It's really cool. So you do a test and then you can basically say yes or no to one of the things. So I, for example, I care about a gift that would be given to me. and then Yes or no. Um, So you have five love languages, and you can have multiple of these. Number one is words of affirmation. Number two is quality time. Number three is physical touch. Number four is acts of service. And number five is receiving gifts. Um, So during that test, eventually there will be like a percentage of how much you appreciate something happening within your uh, love life. Um, So I'm just going to I'm just going to take uh, a romantic relationship as an example. So uh, number one is words of affirmation. So that means that you constantly get words of affirmations like, I love you, you're doing this really well, thank you for doing this. And really appreciation from the other person. And words of affirmation is, I think, 40% of my love language. I find that very, very important. I need constant confirmation of thank you for doing this, Megan. Like, appreciation. That's also very much that number four. That needs to be unique. and needs to be worthy and felt and heard. The second one is quality time. So that's spending a lot of time with one another. I find that important, but that's probably about 10 to 15% for me. There, as where Ross finds quality time a lot more important important than I do. So he, for him, that would be at least 30 to 40%. Um, So, that is something that in which we now know, okay, so Ross enjoys quality time, Megan enjoys it, but she doesn't need it as much. So I sometimes have to give him that quality time. And sometimes he's got to accept that I'm not going to want to have that quality time because I need some more time for myself, maybe. So that's what I love about this test is that you can learn each other's ways of communicating your way of how you love someone and how you express that and what do you need and what does the other person need and they can compromise in that. Um, He's got words of affirmation too, by the way. He um, needs to hear them too quite frequently. So that would be at least 25% for him. Then there's physical touch. That's probably my other uh, 40% (laughs) I need to touch. That's not only within my romantic relationship, it's within friendships, for colleagues, I need to give volunteers. I need to hug people, I need to touch them and show them you're worthy and that makes me happy. So that's a very big one for me. Um, Not everyone has this, I have a friend and her her love language is absolutely not physical touch, so I know that that's not something she enjoys, so I'll only give her like one hug when I'm leaving and not like hugs all the time. And for her, for example, she really uh, needs quality time and acts of service. Then there's acts of service. That's number four. So that's um, cleaning up the dishes, doing the bins,
1: um, hoovering.
0: Those sort of small things can make some people feel very appreciated, whilst their partner might not very much be into acts of service. So Ross is less into acts of service than I am. For me, that's at least 20%. I know that I'm like going above the 100% now, but I want to explain how important it is for me. Um, acts of service is important to me because if he does the bins, I know, oh, thank you, you know, I know that I've been heard. I know that he wants to do something for me and show me how he loves me. So that's um, acts of service, small things that, you can, that can really make you feel appreciated. But not everyone needs this. Ross doesn't really need acts of service. He needs um, physical touch, quality time, and words of affirmation a lot more. And then there's receiving gifts. So some people really enjoy receiving gifts. That makes them feel worthy. So maybe a bunch of flowers every single week from your partner, or some chocolates, or uh, maybe a dinner, a beautiful dinner. I absolutely couldn't care less. I enjoy getting gifts on my birthday and Christmas because that's sort of a ritual. But the rest of the year, I could go without gifts easily. I mean, I enjoy it when Ross brings me a bunch of flowers. Um, I, I like that. I find it very sweet. But then I think I see that more as an, an act of service that he's gone out to get me those flowers, which I really appreciate. I don't really care about the gift itself. So for all my friends listening to this, Receiving gifts, not the most important thing, but I have noticed that receiving gifts is something that some of my friends appreciate because one of my friends, she always brings a gift with her and I really appreciate it as an act of service. And I noticed how that really made me happy. And I was like, oh, what if I do this for my friends and see how they react? And literally everyone is all like, oh, thank you so much. And people really appreciate. So I think that acts of service, all the receiving gifts is very big within my community. Um, so that's a really great one. A tip for you guys that if you have some friends that you sometimes go to without a gift, it doesn't have to be big, but try and bring a bunch of flowers just for fun for once and see the response of your friends. I think they would really, really enjoy that. And I'm really interested to hear about um, the responses of other people. So these were the archetype things the four archetype archetype tests I don't know how do you call this archetype uh, realities that you can um, check out and maybe define yourself a bit more in maybe you are absolutely not into this because you're not a four and you don't constantly want to know who you are and how you can develop yourself so I'll just uh, repeat them real quickly the 16 personalities the enneagram the human design and the five love languages They're all really great archetype quizzes, um, ways to get to know yourself, ways to learn how to communicate with other people and to just be conscious of your surrounding because it's nice to get to know yourself but it's also nice to know how to deal with how some people maybe go through life and how you can make your relationships even better. So I hope you have a great time this week let me know what you thought of this episode by sending me a dm or an email or whatever and um i can't wait to see you next week have a great one bye